Welcome to Go Home Heat, an NXT podcast. Jeepers Creepers, we got here. We start out with a million. We're going to talk about all the changes at the end of the episode, if I can remember my memory, not what it used to be um, in my later years in life. Um, Start out the Million Dollar Man belt celebration. Just a, it was an, it was kind of a normal celebration thing with two. What made this work, of course, is Grimes, and what really made it interesting to me was the lack of a run-in, the lack of anything other than just good vibes. Mm-hmm. It was just a positive, little fun little segment. It ended perfectly. Everything was done perfectly. The kind of thing you and- don't get on Raw. You don't get on any of these shows. <laughs> they, if you go back and you look from how many months ago did they start with those little segments of him one running around after he got his money and having Ted DiBiase outbid him on stuff. Oh, that's it's been a long time. To it- till that moment right there when he drove off in his vehicle. Yeah, let's go ahead and finish it. But you're saying that was all perfect. It was perfect. That's perfect right. wrestling storytelling. Correct. From L.A. Knight's involvement to the whole thing. Grizzled Young just- Vets. Yeah. You had you had at the end, the, the last moment you will see of DiBiase for a little bit is as Ted is getting in his car and says, basically, you know, you are where you needed to be. I believed in you. I'm going to leave you alone now. And Grimes says, hey, man, you know, this is your belt. You should you should keep it. Ted says, thank you. And then he switches the belts and says, you know what? You earned this. Keep it. And it's a little plastic trinket instead of the actual this belt. This the one you buy from Right. Correct. In contrast to the Gimp mask. Yes. From Karrion Cross. And then you have this perfect moment where as he drives off, what you started with, which was him screaming in anger, that damn Ted DiBiase. Mm-hmm. He's like, that damn Ted DiBiase. <laughs> the, the change. The full circle. And it, the full circle, it wraps up right there. That's perfect storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. That's how you do it. Right, right there. I know it's not a big program. I know it's not for the championship belts, the big time belts or anything. I know it wasn't, you know, the barn burner. It was just how you tell a story with a beginning, a middle, and a logical conclusion that gives you a fun feeling. How do you, that's that's how you do it. Whoever wrote that should be writing or at least approving all the shows. Every program should go through whoever did that. I don't care who it was. I don't care if it was Shawn Michaels. I don't care if it was Natty's. Uh, Steve Carino. Steve Carino. Don't care. TJ. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Rich Holland. That's how you do it. Rich Holland versus Timothy Thatcher and uh, Champa outside. Stiff match. Holland winds up winning. Holland was not a finished product when he left as far as the matches go. And so obviously coming back after a gap in there, he's still not quite 
putting him in there with guys like Champa and Thatcher will really speed up the growth process. There were a yeah. couple of moments in here where we were reaching for each other and it wasn't quite there, but no, over no, they had to figure some things out a couple of times. Right, but I do think if they wrestle again, it will be good, much better. And this I was like good. Him, Rich Holland is a he's an anvil, dude, and he probably is what we're talking about when they talk about a new NXT, right? I mean, he's the he's the prototype you would think this guy that's kind of built like a refrigerator. Um, and he's not a bad product, but you've got to have other products around him to make him look. If everybody looks like that, it doesn't work. Right. Oh, I get that. That I, guy, that guy's got to stand out. Right. I get that big time. Um, Dunn winds up. Uh, we wind up getting a uh, Champa and Holland kind of getting into it and done being in the mix there. And then we realize that Danny Birch is back as Lorkin and Birch yes. come in and jump. And we have the f- faction fully formed. Uh, Billy Cullub swings this to the point where they can kind of storm off. Very excited about having Lurch back. First of all, I like <laughs> saying Lurch, uh, Lorkin yes, and Birch. You guys. Yes. Sec- uh, it also, Dunn can challenge for the, the main title. Forming factions, as we know, they're cool because you can title challenge for the main title, you can challenge for the mid-card title, mid-card. and you can challenge for the tag team titles, right? So this the works. Number. Right, right, right. Loomis and Indy's segment, uh, the wonderful as they talk back and forth, and she, uh, Loomis has created this drawing of the yep. wedding date. And Aww. it was, dude, she is, so, she is like a one-person iconics. Yes. <laughs> when when she like falls back in his arm, and he still has that same look on his face, and then she like leans her head back for him to kiss her, and he doesn't, and so she just grabs him and start. Hilarious, dude. She's a mess. Love it. Okay. And he is he is so good. It just it's gotta be hard to just stand there, dude. Yeah. Either that or he is he actually is catatonic or whatever, right? Yes. Okay. Caden Carter and Casey Catanzaro. Versus J.C. Jane and Gigi Dolan, and I was a little surprised at how how little trouble Carter and Catanzano had with them. But I do I think the, I think the story we're telling here, you know, first of all, in 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 NXT to this point, as you you take your lumps when when you're new to the company, and having Gigi take her lumps in tag matches. And JC losing some of these singles matches kind of makes sense in that respect, right? Because Gigi's got to earn your spot, man. And I also think maybe there's that's how they save Gigi from losing singles matches. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And but I also think the story we're telling is Carter and Katz are our MSK in the women's division. Yes, they are ascending. And, and I hope they give them a good run. I think. Well, here's the thing: if they they aren't wrestling in long matches right now. But the matches they wrestle in are great. They're spectacular, dude. So if you give them the titles or put them in title matches and we can get 15 minutes of this, 12 minutes mm-hmm. of this, that is that is going to be fun for all of us to watch. Um, oh, damn, Skippy. They seem to be... Uh, 
the, the, the neat thing about tag team divisions, right, and the WWE gets away from it, is when a team is better than the sum of their parts. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, it's like, well, yeah, she's really good. She's really good, but they can't handle – she could never handle Gonzalez. She could never even handle Kai. But together, they can beat them because they yeah. do their things good. Now, WWE will get hemmed up in solo star, solo star, obviously – Obviously, you're never going to beat Superman and Batman, right? Whereas you have a better tag team. Whereas the Wonder Twins might have gave them some trouble. Yes. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Mackenzie with Raquel Gonzalez. She lets everybody know how tough Dakota was, and then she kind of talks about how Kaylee Ray. Is going to be a very significant challenge to which Frankie Monet with Kamara and Robert Stone let her know that is not what is in her future. As she says, don't worry, I'm going to lighten your load up for you a little while, champ. Nah. Good talk. And walk. Good talk. I love the good talk walk off moment from a heel. Yes. And she does it better than most. And I thought that Stone looking like a deer in headlights, but pumped up because he's supposed to be the manager and Kamara hanging on every word she said kind of continues to tell us that stone will always be either the fool or the foil of whatever they're doing. And Kamara really knows that her ticket is to be attached to Frankie. Until that one moment where when everything goes wrong and suddenly Turns out Robert Stone has been the nefarious mastermind of all of it. Correct. Not happening. No, okay. no, he's an idiot. Yeah. It's fun. Odyssey Jones and Carmelo Haynes both gave you the uh, I can't wait to wrestle here before their match right. promos somewhere in the episode. Kaylee Ray's debut I thought was good. But it was a squash, which you could have assumed. I don't like Kaylee Ray's finisher. I never have. No, it's I'm con- fan. It's convoluted. Other than that, though, she's a very good wrestler. Uh, that girl she was wrestling. Hmm. The shoulder feathers. Nice. That's terrible. Didn't see that coming, did you? No, no for <laughs> for good reason. <laughs> Samoa Joe. Uh. It comes out, you know, to, to talk about something. He's going to pump up the brand there, and Pete Dunn interrupts, and then L.A. Knight interrupts, and then Kyle O'Reilly interrupts. And O'Reilly had his way with Knight here on the mic in a way I haven't heard him have his way with people. And I was very happy really about it. He brought his game up. Right, right. And Knight is great in all these situations. He's both the tough guy and the buffoon all wrapped up into one. He's very uh, over the top, uh, Batman the animated series way, you yes. know, and uh, <laughs> and so and I, th- I think Dunn and Joe is where we're going, and I think Knight and O'Reilly is where we're going, and I think it's the best thing for Knight and O'Reilly to have each other. I think they're a good play off each other. Yeah. Well, they they are they are stiff workers. Knight is way more athletic than you think he is. And O'Reilly is way more physical than you would think by his stature. 
Yeah. And I think it's a good contrast in styles and physicalities. Both on the mic, because the, the smugness of the way O'Reilly just belittles such an intimidating presence this night is wonderful, right? So they'll be able to battle on the, on the mics as well. And Dunn and Joe is money. All day. All day. Right. What did you think about our championship match between uh, Carmelo and Odyssey, the breakout star champion? I, I was a, you know, I was surprised Odyssey didn't win techni- technically, but I see that, you know, you had to, I think almost and sometimes in these things, the winner is not the winner. Right. The, the, the winner's the, uh, the one they, you know, the second place lots of times is the one they don't think needs to push. Right. Well, I also, think about a, think, I think that dude's a superstar. Carmelo Hayes is probably a superstar, too, and he's really, really amazing and athletic and great. Odyssey Jones just leaps off the page at you. Right. But the winner of this tournament gets a championship match of his choosing, correct? And yes. he's going to lose that match. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. So do you, point. Want, do you want Odyssey in there with Joe to get smoked? Or to lose a match with, you, you know, it, it, it makes sense in that way, right? Now, also, I felt like Carmelo had to carry the match in a way because it feels like Odyssey is very much learning the craft as we go because he's oh yeah he's where he is due to physical presence, not due to training, which is going to be a big part yeah. of it. We'll talk about this in a minute. A big part of what we're doing here anyway, but um, for, for, for the foreseeable future. But... I thought Carmelo did a really good job of giving Jones an opportunity to look good. Oh, he's big time. You know, he's and, big time. And you can stick him in programs and he'll win and lose and stuff like that and take his lumps. But you kind of But then you'll find a groove for him, I think, and he'll it'll ratchet him up. They just gotta figure it out what they're gonna do with him. Absolutely. You know. Absolutely. Now, what did you think about Boa and Teen Shy? Uh, I thought this was strange. Yeah, me too. Uh, what was his name? Zion Quinn or Zion? Zion Quinn or something? Yeah, something like that. So I just had not seen him much. And he's wrestling Boa, and they give Boa the great entrance, and Teen Shy. Is all set up around him. Me Ying winds up standing up for the outside interference. Boa pays too much attention to that and eats the uh, diving forearm for the loss. Yes. And I, it looks like Me Ying is going to kill him. And yeah. what? Strange, well, right? Boa, it was good to know you. You know, I'll miss you. I guess Boa's getting fired. At least you're going to write him off the show. I'm kidding. I don't know. It was weird, wasn't it? I don't think you write I, him I, off. I, the show if you do this though i don't know it was so weird are they gonna power level him up again do they think he's only at nine thousand? he needs to be like 12 million i guess i guess it, it, it was strange though now you're gonna have another training montage kevin i hey i'm all for it kick the tree keep kicking the tree keep kicking the tree or climbing that uh climbing that mountain in siberia <laughs> God, Rocky Four had the montages, right? 
true story. If you go back, you'll watch that movie. It's technically just four montages, I think, just vaguely strung together. There's like at least four, five to ten minute montages. There's no easy way out, Justin. <laughs> yes. There's no shortcut home. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Johnny Gargano wants Will to cancel the wedding. And he uh, he will not. L.A. Knight comes in, and I did not think that L.A. Knight and Johnny would have this level of instant chemistry. Oh man, how did I not know they both are like walking chemistry? And then when they roll, <laughs> it was great. How about and William Regal was cuckoo bananas. Yes, yes, and then he don't steal my gimmick. <laughs> Get out! Look, he didn't monarch. <laughs> it kicks them both. Yeah, it kicks them both out. I loved it. Loved it. Okay, main event of the evening: Legato del Fantasma versus Hit Row. And I would say that this episode was good up until this point. Not great, but good, fun. And then mm. this was great, right? Oh yeah. Again, good storytelling. Right, but they do it in the ring here. Uh, Pre-match, there's fisticuffs, and then they during the match they you know Legato does well, and then they make top dollar furious, which doesn't seem like a wise move. Uh, Mendoza is so underrated as a wrestler; it is he's actually probably better at moves and stuff than Escobar. But Escobar mm-hmm. is the storyteller, you yeah. know. And and whenever Escobar has a match, you know that everything is planned out and it all is going to make sense. Mm-hmm. You know, and he does that both on the stick and once you ring the bell. It, it, it's a it's completely different style, but it is a Randy Orton style trait. Yes, you know what I mean. And uh, but Mendoza is just so underrated and fantastic. And it's funny because in in some ways, uh, Ashante uh, the Adonis reminds me a bit of like of Mendoza and Wild both. You know what I mean? He yeah. he has that same. Uh, with a little more fire in the character or whatever. But as things begin to turn into a scrum, B-Fab gets involved and pushes Escobar into the corner, which kind of leads to a chain of events where Electra Lopez comes out, who we have not seen in any of these. Uh, Lead Pipe's old girl tosses the lead pipe to Swerve, which was interesting, the old Eddie Guerrero-style thing. Oh, yes. When Swerve gives it up, uh, we get the roll up and the attitude of S. I'm not a huge, you know, I'm not a huge. This match ends on shenanigans roll up. I like, I don't mind shenanigans, but roll up, whatever. But the way Escobar looked like the cat that ate the canary when he stood up, absolved, oh, absolved so anything good. from me, right? Oh, dude, it's not that you do it, it's if you don't do it, if you're going to do a gimmick that a thousand people have done before. You got to do it really well. You can't half-ass it. It's like if you're going to try to cover like, you know, a Hendrix song or a Beatles song that everybody's tried. Right. You're going to have to do a really spectacular job to make it stand out from the thousand times I've seen that before. Right. This was a good way to do it. And it worked. It all worked. It worked. It did work. Now, so I don't think this is anywhere near open because your US your your North American champion just got pinned. So that 
so the actual ending of said program will probably be over that belt. Mm-hmm. And I would assume Escobar loses, but I'm looking forward to that. Now let's get into, I thought this was, you know, that, that to me took the episode from, I enjoyed it to man. That was really good. Mm-hmm. Now moving on to the said changes we are hearing. They are, they taped three episodes. I believe they said, and then when they come back from that third episode, I would assume what they're trying to do, the third episode will kind of wrap up what we now know of as NXT with the black and gold brand. Uh, There was a leak yesterday of a Wale song and a very uh, colorful NXT as they are going to rebrand. Terrifying me and some of us who have stuck with the company for a while uh, or this, this portion of the company. Um, my main takeaway from a Wale theme song and a new logo is that Triple H is probably selling the idea of doing a remake of The Bodyguard, where he is the bodyguard and Poppy is Whitney Houston. I think that's out there somewhere now because he's going to leave. Yeah, that's where he's going to do it. <laughs> what people don't know is Triple H still has one movie guaranteed to him where, you know, it was going to be Chaperone 2, but for some reason that never got made for some reason. Don't know why. But uh, it is stunning. Chaperone 2. But he still has a movie that they have to make, I think. So he's been saving it. This is his moment. You know, and people sleep. Remember the Blade movie he was in? Yes. Remember when he said, where's my dog? Remember that? Yes. Did you see the fire in his eyes when he said that? It was, it was beautiful. The, I mean, De Niro. You know what I'm saying? De Niro, Pacino, Levesque. Levesque. <laughs> okay, but in all seriousness, here's what is interesting to me about this rebooting of NXT where they say, we're not going for indie talent anymore. We're going to find people that are not um, talented. No, not necessarily on the indie scene and sign them and teach them our ways. What does that really sound like to you? To me, that sounds like uh, Nick Khan and Vince McMahon have said, I'm not having a bidding war with the with AEW over indie talent. This NXT show is not going to cost me a bunch of money. I'm not going to pay a guy all that money to come in here when you're going to be able to put him on your show. Because Tony Khan is paying these guys money and putting them on dark. Right? He's got a whole... I mean, right now, his, you know, his show's The Elite, Punk, Christian... All those guys, all those guys that were early on signees, they're stuck on dark, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I think Tony was like, what's not going to happen out of all this is a bidding war. Or Nick, I think that's what he is, they decided. You've seen, like they said, they didn't even offer punk money. Like when I saw that Fox knew that Fox Sports was flustered because Vince never offered punk a contract. I thought for sure there was a bidding war and Punk was like, no. But to not have even given him an offer? 
Yeah. I right? Think you might be right. You know, and so basically what they're – and I I don't – I don't hate the idea because I did like NXT. You know, obviously they're going to sign some indie talent. Right? But I also think what have we seen really work in the women's division? Oh, oh no, not just the women's division. NXT UK is also a bit of a feeder for them, right? Mm-hmm. So if they want to utilize, again, financially, think about it. You can probably get a UK wrestler that's in the indie, indie scene that looks like he's a breakout guy for a lot cheaper than you can. It's so weird to talk about the WWE and like fiscally sound concepts. Right, to think that that's the brand now, and and it's just strange to me. But Pete Dunn, um, Walter Dragonoff, these guys are stars, you know. And I, I, I don't. Do you think I'm missing something here, or does it make sense to you? I, what you said makes perfect sense. Do I think they necessarily see it the way you see it? I don't know. Could be. Right. They might look at, but they also may look at Pete Dunn and uh, and Ilya Dragunov and go, oh, "Those are little midgets. Midgets are not very big. I mean, to fight people, you got to be big guy. Got to be big." <laughs> right. Um, interesting too. I heard that Braun might be signing with Impact. What? Yeah. Like I thought for sure. That tells me that at some point Tony can't just sign everybody. No, it does. It tells me that. He's starting to worry about that. Also makes me wonder what Moose is going to do. But um, that's not, that doesn't have to do with this show in particular. But. Makes me wonder if uh, Impact's maybe getting sponsored by Amtrak or something. Or if maybe if you sign with Impact, you're going to get to be on some AEW TV anyway right now. Yeah. You know, and then you can heighten your brand and maybe go to Japan later on. Now, back to the NXT thing, though. Do we? Braun would do great in Japan. Oh yeah, dude, they would love that guy. They have so much room outside of the ring for him to run in circles. Dude, dude, (laughs) and they would, man, they would. That dude be ah. He was smart. He would go over to Japan. They would eat him up. AEW doesn't have the room outside of the ring for him to run in a circle. No, no. And, so, and at the pay-per-views, they have the raised thing that comes out to the ring, on, you know? He'd literally run into the walkway. Yes. <laughs> Probably he would run through the walkway, knowing him. <laughs> but then, everybody else comes to the ring, got to jump over this gap. Or you got to put a piece of plywood out. That looks terrible. Terrible. Now... Are we only going to? Do you think that NXT is going to wind up being a cookie cutter brand? I, it man, it depends. If they let Hunter still run it and they say, "Here's what you're gonna do, Hunter," I think it could still be good. Here's what's because interesting to me: he's good enough with guys back there to make almost anything work with what you give. If you give him any talent whatsoever, he'll make something work. Do I think it will be 
what we've come to enjoy, there's no way it will be. It'll be something different. Right. Now, but, here's something interesting, right? Because we're, we're hearing we're no longer going to have small wrestlers, right? That's one thing you've heard. I, there's a more uh, technical way to say it, but that's what we're hearing. We're hearing no more indie yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, much more eloquent. Um, you're also hearing no more indie guys, right? Which is interesting. Um, but you're also then you hear Joe do an interview and he says, "Yes, I'm also a, uh, a recruiter now. I'm a talent scout for NXT." Okay, well that doesn't sound you know Samoa Joe's not going to go around watching talent and only bringing football players. That's not who Joe is. Who else is there? Yeah. Terry Taylor? Terry Taylor's not like that. Hunter Hearst Helmsley, it, he's, I mean, his background was I was a bodybuilder, but, you know, I mean, the way he started was, you know, in his book about uh, the making of the game, he tells the story about how Terry Taylor uh, wrestled a match with him and said, hey, man, how long you been doing this? And he was like, you know, a couple of years. And Terry was like, mm, no, you hadn't. You know, you want to be good at this, meet me meet me at the power plant, you know, every morning. You know what I mean? And Hunter would meet him. And then, so Hunter, in a way, is the blueprint of what winds up being an NXT style of thing, right? Because he went and worked yeah. every morning and then did shows on the weekends. But also, Shawn Michaels ain't a cookie-cutter big guy wrestling mind. No. TJ ain't. Steve Carino is an indie guy. And those like are the guys, an original indie guy, right? And those are the guys that are backstage. So I don't know that we have to be in huge fear, no matter what they send them. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I think if we're going to have evolved. Right. If it's still them, if it's Bruce Prichard and John Laurinaitis, it's going to be crap, dude. <laughs> it's going to be junk. But what about people power? Huh? Oh, my God. You know what? I loved uh, – for that, he was great. For being a foil for CM Punk, there was nobody better. Are you? I have no problem with his on-the-screen stuff, mostly. He was horrible. I loved seeing him get smacked around and embarrassed. That was fun. Justin with the hot take that John Laurinaitis made CM Punk a star. Hey, man, you got to have a villain. <laughs> and who is more of a villain to CM Punk than the stuffed shirt? I mean, John Laurinaitis is that guy. Yes. So. Yeah, right, right. Um, it's funny, too, because I watched a couple of those. Uh, I watched some of that when, when he was on the Bella's TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that called? Total, to- Bell. Total Bellas instead of Total Divas. And he seems like a fairly, you know, he seems cool. Uh, cool might be the wrong word, but you know what I'm saying. Like, been there, done yeah. that kind of guy, right? But I, I will say, though, his – whether or – I wonder, too, how much guys like Kevin Dunn and uh, Bruce Pritchard get blamed for things that really they weren't allowed to say no to anyway. Well, that's entirely possible. You know. But that's what I mean, too. Because if it's those two dudes in charge, if Vincent Mann says, you need to push this giant guy, are they going to say no? Right, right. Go to this bikini model convention and get me some female wrestlers. Right. I don't 
I hope that isn't the route we're going because I do I do think that they have been really significant in creating great women's wrestling. If you count the horsewomen and you go through this time period where we've had Ripley and Belair, but you know what? But Bianca Belair is a product. You know, she went to a wrestling school for a little bit, but she's a track athlete. Oh yeah, she's a. <laughs> you know and. And look how much good that did her. Right. And that other girl's a ninja. So, <laughs> maybe you go to ninja school, wherever that is. All right. For my guy, Justin. For me, KP. This has been a Go Home Heat production. NXT podcast. Um, copyright 2021. Thank you for checking us out. Check out our friends at the Game Project. The G-I-N-N Project.com. Justin. Go home to ninja school.